We have to go back! everyone and welcome back to the flashback flicks retro movie podcast i'm ricky i'm grayson and today we are reviewing the 1997 movie steel s-t-e-e-l oh that's that's an important distinction yeah yeah, yeah. like the metal mm. uh so a lot of you out there might be wondering ricky what <sighs> Why Why would you do this to yourself? Um, but you also might be asking, why the movie Steel? Well, uh, just nerds glasses. Um, both nerd glasses. Um, <laughs> Steel is a DC comic character um, who originally made his debut after uh, Superman's death at the hands of Doomsday in the 1993 run of Superman. He made his first appearance in Superman number 500, um, making the debut of four super friends, basically, uh, to replace Superman after his death. And so in the wake of Justice League, I thought it would be appropriate programming to review this very obscure movie. Oh, so obscure. And also, that's interesting what you just said about the Super Friends. It took four characters to replace one Superman? Oh, yeah. Wow. Did each of them have, like, a different component of Superman? Like, one of them could fly, the other one was, like, the Man of Steel, the other one had X-ray vision, and a fourth thing? <laughs> and a fourth thing. So, it was... Steel, who was originally called Man of Steel, then they said, just steel, it's cleaner. Um, and that was this biopic that we watched. Yes, and then there was Superboy. Oh, is that D that Richard Linkletter movie? <laughs> Superboyhood? Uh-huh, that's the one. Where he, uh, he has the ability to grow at times one speed. <laughs> he has the ability to age in real time. Um, and the last son of Krypton, a.k.a. the Eradicator. A lot of these guys, with the exception of Steel, were just clones of Superman. Um, and also real crazy. Uh, yeah. So that's from the old school 1993 run of the death of Superman. And so, like we said, this Steel was a pretty new comic book character. And in the 90s, comic book Superhero movies were doing really well, uh, especially with, you know, the Batmans and mostly Batman. Uh, <laughs> but then after Batman and Robin, the movie of Batman and Robin did really well, but it also kind of jumped the shark, as you will. And so it didn't do well. And so Steel, the 1997 movie, is credited with being the killer of the superhero genre. Oh, that's not what you want. Oh, that no. Really, it really isn't. We wouldn't see another uh, DC adaptation until Catwoman. It wasn't great Whoa. time for DC <laughs> with their movies. Uh, and then after Catwoman, they did Batman Begins. Uh, and then <laughs> that's when they were able to Raise their heads high. Yikes. That yeah. is... Every movie's a miracle. Some miracles are more miraculous than others. <laughs> That's very true. You didn't see Steel in your childhood. You, let me give you a recap. Um, 
so Steel is a movie about um, on the nose name John Henry Irons, uh, who designs weapons for the military. Tony Stark, uh, when his project to create weapons that harmlessly neutralizes soldiers is sabotaged, he leaves in disgust. And then when he sees a group of gangs using his weapons on the street, he uses his brains and his Uncle Joe's junkyard know-how to fight back, becoming a real man of steel trademark. Oh, I see. Ricky, we have... Buried the lead <laughs> on what this whole thing is about. We never said who played Steel. You know what? You're right, Grayson. I, I, it's listen, guys. Steel is played by none other than two-time lead actor in a movie. This one being the second one, Shaquille O'Neal. Let me just take this. Let, let me paint the scene if i if i can so steel came out the year after one of the greatest movies ever made that's right the 1996 movie space jam and sports ball players were at their height if michael jordan can lead a movie about basketball to such great heights what can't Shaq do because he's already a great height so he can only lead them to greater heights the I'd like to, okay, Ricky, <laughs> we built this podcast on positivity and we're going to stick to it in this. I just have to point out the Space Jam comparison seems real flawed from the start just because <laughs> with Space Jam, it was like, all right, let's take Michael Jordan, who is great at basketball and have him play Michael Jordan, great at basketball. I'm like, great. I believe it. This is like, let's take Shaquille Mm O'Neal and have him play Mm -hmm. John Henry Irons, who is with the military and develops weapons that are non-lethal. Like too much stuff, too much stuff. I got too much stuff. Get this stuff out of here. Yeah, it's so interesting. But again, like we said, positivity. Uh, This movie really does speak to what possibilities the 90s had. Like, they didn't even wait for a built-in fan base. They said, oh, let's see. Death of Superman did really good in comic book form. Batman, superhero. Okay, uh, well, let's see. Uh, Yeah, let's make this movie. They just said, yeah, we will... Put this movie was made on a budget of sixteen million dollars. Oh my goodness, sixteen million dollars! It had a box office of one million um, seven hundred and ten hundred thousand dollars. That they lost over fifteen million dollars on this. Is it because to make the scrapyard they bought a bunch of new cars and crashed them all? <laughs> They they bought a lot of beamers and destroyed them. Most expensive <laughs> junkyard ever. Yeah. Uh, so the movie did not do great. Um, and an interesting thing that I just have to say, because I just, this movie, despite how it performed, it is just covered in just the sweetest of ironies. Um, the studio considered replacing Shaquille O'Neal with Wesley Snipes. 
but ultimately oh. backed out because they felt that they could easily sell steel toys and Shaq's likeness than Wesley Snipes. And then one year later, Wesley Snipes said, <laughs> we're in the money, we're in the money. I just made Blade the first Marvel movie that went on to be wildly successful, uh, saved Marvel's butt in more ways than one with the success of Blade. So Hollywood learned that if ever Shaquille O'Neal wants to play a part, give it to Wesley Snipes instead. <laughs> We call that the Wesley swaps. Mm-hmm. You just swap them in. I, the casting, though, from that merch perspective, makes sense. It does. Because it's Absolutely. like, yeah, sell Shaquille O'Neal toys. Like, kids will love that. Yeah, that's Wild Wild West logic. Yeah. It's like you make the movie for the toys. Yep. But And Shaquille O'Neal is an enormous human that looks like he should be a superhero. Uh, very much. In, and when I was watching this, a lot of it, I was like, Oh, this is like DC's Luke Cage to some extent. Like, I understand. Like, he's just a huge dude that seems like he should have superpowers. And Absolutely. so for that casting, I understand. But uh, yeah, give it to Wesley Snipes. Absolutely. So a uh, fun fact, uh, Shaquille O'Neal had to do all of his own stunts because the producers were unable to find a seven foot one stunt double. No. Shocking, I know, right? Oh, wait. Are you telling me, Ricky, that they they couldn't get uh they couldn't get three two foot three six repeating uh kids to just stack on top of each other and I'm I'm uh I'm steel. <laughs> yeah, that is a unique problem. That is a unique problem when you cast Shaq is everything has to be Shaq. Absolutely. Um and last little bit of uh trivia for you guys uh susan sparks uh sparky uh she was based on dc's uh oracle uh barbara gordon i was wondering because i was thinking are you telling me that dc has three female wheelchair bound tech geniuses in its universe and it turns out it's just two yeah well i mean it's still three because now this is like canon to it but if it was based on Oracle, that makes more sense. Yeah, I don't think this is canon in steel. Anything. You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> steel is canon. A canon steel. It's what cannons are made out of, maybe. <laughs> so watching this movie, there are a lot of things that like I feel like it has good bones. Um, like Shaquille O'Neal. And tall think- bones. Strong bones. <laughs> And I think that um, just tweaking here and there, it could be like a really, really strong movie and a strong franchise. And we'll get back into that with Recast the Remake. But um, this was my first time watching this movie. Uh, I had seen trailers for it. You hadn't seen this before? Ricky, (laughs) I got to tell you, I got to be honest with you as a friend. (laughs) I was watching this movie going, I'm sure Ricky pick this movie because it has some nostalgic value to him from 1997. Like, I can't wait to hear the stories of young Ricky, just like putting aluminum foil on him and just like pretending to be steel. It really bums me out that you watched this at the same time as I did for the first time. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I think by 1997, I was just so into watching Space Jam on loop that like because a lot of my childhood uh, movies that I watched had to do with what my parents like bought me because uh, I didn't have a job 
or what like the daycare I went to was showing and steel did not make the cut surprisingly. Well, Uh, it's bizarre because I feel like they could have shown it in a daycare if it weren't for some of the violence because there's like no language in this thing. It is like, yeah, is there? I mean, there's language, but not, I mean, oh. it's like PG language. Well, that's the thing. There's or so 90s much PG language, I should say. I just felt no, like there PG-13. were. PG-13. I think it was PG-13 predominantly for the violence, though, because I remember so many, I remember from last night, uh, the distant past, that there were so many times where it felt like it had been like kid-friendlyed, where, that's a terrible verb, where mm-hmm. it is, um, <laughs> where you basically like, tone down a lot of the harsh language or like any kind of romantic thing like spoiler alert for the end it ends with a big romantic hug that was the most uncomfortable everyone's (laughs) reacting like they're just passionately kissing so i was like is this intentional to make it like marketable to kids that's the only thing i could guess and like the other okay ricky can i just take a moment and i I'm going to say this first line to tie mm-hmm. into what I'm just saying, but then following, I'd like to just read several of the lines of dialogue from this movie because I always take notes when I watch the movies. This was mainly me just writing quotes down. Yeah. So we're going to do a little bit of quote corner from Steve. Oh, I like it. All right. So to touch on my previous point of them kind of scrubbing down some of the language, dialogue is... Where'd that son of a butt go? The bat cave? <laughs> Another one was, the new alloy really kept the barrel cool. Cool. Just like you. <laughs> Thought that was a really clutch move. Then there's the name of Black and Blue, which I actually really loved. And Shaq's reaction is, that's, uh, that's a cool name. <laughs> That was pretty amazing. This is my new favorite segment, by the way, Grayson. Oh, Keep it good. This was very special. So uh, Uncle Joe has the line of, I especially like the shaft, which fans of 1970s, maybe 80s television may uh, remember that uh, he played shaft. So yeah. it's basically Richard Roundtree. The- Richard Roundtree played Shaft. Um, he was Shaft uh, in uh, in the movie Shaft. So to do that quote, just um, I wasn't positive that he was Shaft, but when they made the joke, I was. I was like, he had to have been, or else that just was totally nonsensical. All right, I just got a few more, uh, including eat the hot dog, don't be one. That's just good advice. <laughs> Um, I, I think someone wrote that in my yearbook one year. <laughs> Eat the hot dog. Don't be one. Hags. Eat the hot dog. Don't be one. Hags. Ever good, ever, ah. <laughs> Sound your crack. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, I do like those new wheelchair modifications. You haven't seen the best part yet. I don't know why I wrote that down. It just seemed like such an odd, like, why would you? Uh, you also have... <laughs> Got that new web page ready? Yep. Just got the new web page ready. And then, okay, I'm going to end with my favorite moment of this entire movie, which <laughs> they're in the hospital. Sparky says to Shaq, 
as soon as I'm <laughs> no. back on my feet. No. And the nurse just shakes her head like, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to violate all doctor-patient <laughs> confidentiality no. and just like tell you outright, she's never going to walk again. When that moment happened, I had to stop the movie because I was crying laughing. She's like, yeah, let's just sit back up on my feet. And the do- they just hard cut to the doctor. The doctor turns around and almost comedically is just like signaling, no, 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 no. Optimism is a dangerous thing. You got to crush that immediately. So that concludes for me, Quote Corner, my main contribution to this episode. It's oh. all downhill from here, really, for me. That's all I got. Grace, I really want us to continue this. Quote uh, Corner is my new right. favorite. I love it. Thank well, you. Well, keep an eye out. And for listeners, if you had favorite quotes from Steel, if for some reason you've seen this before now, please... Uh, send them along in all of our social media platforms. Yeah, we would love it. We're at Flashback Flicks on Twitter. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so um, here, so this is so the interesting thing about this movie um, is that, like we mentioned before, Steel is uh, very much a product of Superman mm-hmm. uh, and his storyline. Even though Superman doesn't make any direct uh, connection to the storyline, except for the line. You're not Superman, you know, yeah. which Aunt May said. I like that line. Um, and, and the extreme close-up of uh, the Superman symbol on exactly. Shaq's arm. Yeah. Which is an actual tattoo that Shaq has. I believe that, yeah. Um, so they did switch up the storyline a lot. So Steel, I mean, I, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but like I mentioned before, he was basically um, – the DC universe is Iron Man. He was, very, he's an engineer. Uh, he created these weapons and then he found out that like, oh, weapons are used for bad things. I don't want that. And then he made a suit of armor, like a full body suit of armor, except uh, during the death of Superman storyline, he had a giant S on his chest to like stand in for Superman. And then for afterwards, steel. when Superman came back, oh. he said, Oh, well, I guess you can have it back. And then he just had an ass on his chest. And then he did have that giant hammer uh, because there's no such thing as subtlety with a name like John Henry Irons. (laughs) And um, it was interesting the different ways that they incorporated a new storyline for him. Uh, Because, like you said, they do this weird thing where it's like Shaq Henry Irons wants to make non-lethal weapons. But the villain wants it to be lethal. Well, why did I bring this up? Give me a second. <laughs> you connect my dots. Um, oh yeah, but like you said, they did this thing where they were like toning it down, but still trying to make it believable. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of went back and forth with like what they were and weren't doing. And there were random things that felt like they, like I felt like they had much a much longer script that they cut down a lot because. We see that scene with um, uh, Timby Locke. Uh, she is the cop who uh, took them to this like anti-gang meeting where right, right. the police officer stays in the car. And she's like, hey, it's so good to see you. I'm just like, oh, cool. We're going to get to know this character. And then we never see her again. No, well, that... You know, that's actually pretty consistent with Steele's hidden secret ability, which is the power to friend zone himself, <laughs> uh, whether it's with, you know, soldiers, cops, 
uh, smelting <laughs> administrators. That's just his thing. Yeah. Everyone yeah, thinks it's the suit of armor, but no, it's it's the friend zone. Superman has the phantom zone. Steel has the friend zone. <laughs> it's perfect. When I was watching the movie, I noticed just so much how I'm like, I see exactly what you guys wanted to do. Um, I see the heart. I see the effort. Uh, you missed it by like this much. I feel like if that movie were to be made in the 80s or four years earlier, it would have been received completely differently. Mm. Um, similar to like how the Green Lantern movie would have been way better received than the 90s because it's just like, can you believe this technology? But like after you set kind of a standard for superhero movies, um, I think it fell under more camp that uh, a lot of people were falling out of love with, with uh, superhero movies at the time. Hmm. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. It's really difficult for movies like that to hit at the time that they resonate the most. And I think that's been the strength of the Marvel movies is I've, I've recently gone back and watched all the Marvel movies uh, in preparation of like, we're starting to gear up towards these final movies in the MCU, like planned course and watching back to like the original Iron Man and all that, the war landscape was a huge thing. And it was something that was just more talked about in the news and it was in the zeitgeist. Like everyone was dealing with this this wartime uh, and that plays a big thing. So making sure that your characters are actually reflecting the sentiments of the time that they hit is so difficult since it takes so long to make movies. Um, that's why when you have characters that have more kind of timeless themes, like Batman has a pretty timeless theme. Uh, and yep. he deals with some pretty unrealistic things at, at times. And so that's why his, his core themes have to be intact. I think that's what was so difficult about this was it was hard to tell what the core themes were other than like being non-lethal and friendship. Like it, I wasn't exactly sure what he was standing up for other than like a corrupt military. Cause it's not like he took down the military in the end. He took down like the side section of someone who used to be in the military and essentially like destroyed his life through due process court of law at the very beginning. So right. Ultimately, I was like, I don't. I'm not exactly sure what you're fighting for, um, because I, I'm not totally certain what the plan is for like total domination of like. Is it a neighborhood? Is it like an entire world? Like I, I just wasn't sure. And so those core personality traits don't really come out, and I think it makes it really hard to connect to the time period that it was placed in. Yeah, no, that's a really good assessment because I think uh, what could have made this movie stronger is a more likable, not, not likable. I think that they the challenge was them making um, Shaquille Henry Irons too <laughs> likable. I feel like they were just like, ah, let's just make him the good guy. Honestly, it was more so um, Sparky's. Sparky is like a stronger protagonist because yeah. she started at a place, she um, lost um, like her ability to walk, but then she rose to the occasion to overcome personal um, challenges, but then also you know the challenges 
inside the city. So I think that that would have been like a more compelling Absolutely. story. Yeah, to be able to combine those two characters, and I know at this point we're starting to get away from the source material, which like they can only do so much with it. But I would have loved to see, like I'd love to see a superhero where they basically lose the ability to walk like that and then reconstruct so much of their like body to become something better than they were before. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, like and I, I feel like that sounds really familiar. It is called Iron Man starring Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> I did reach a point in the movie where I was like, oh, so he he just like puts this stuff on and then and then he just runs in there. Like it didn't really seem very strategic. It didn't really seem like he had done anything more than he could have already done except like fashion armor. And that's that's what makes it different than Iron Man. Cuz Iron Man in each of the movies, which helps that I just rewatched all of them, but in each of the movies he has a very specific problem that is not solved by the suit in its beginning state or in the first one, a lack of a suit. So he has to make modifications to it and he has to change it. And the suit's not good enough and it's not strong enough and it's not fast enough. So, and that taps into his psyche of, I have to be better. I have to push myself to the point of ultimate destruction. Uh, I just don't get that kind of depth from this. And that's what I really wanted to see because it, it could have been there. And like you were saying, it was this close, uh, both in time period and both in how they had the characters pursue what they wanted. But I just don't think they stated what they wanted enough to be able to pull that off. I will say one of my favorite things about this movie, though, mm-hmm. is I feel like this movie was all about Shaq showing that he can make a free throw. Uh, I feel like that's <laughs> I think that was his arc. He's just like, I'm never good at these things. <laughs> That's Turn the thing. camera, wink. And it then he only finally made <laughs> oh, yeah. he, he finally made a free throw when it counted the most with the world's longest forgiving grenade. Yeah, it only took them ten minutes and forty seconds for him to touch a basketball where he throws a brick. At minute forty, he <laughs> says the line, never could make the free throws. Then at 57.42, he hits a dog in the face with a rag. And they say, well, at least your record's intact. And then at one hour and 27 minutes, he learns to shoot a basket. Oh, I'm glad we have this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Ricky, I know we've been overly critical on this, but I actually want to commend Steel because uh, it is the winner of the first ever Flashback Flicks Extra Award um, for best reaction from an extra. And it's the scene where he breaks the payphone and storms off. And the guy behind him is just doesn't say anything. He just looks side to side. Like, can anybody else believe that this just happened? Anybody? Anybody? And for that performance, he wins the Flashback Flicks Best Extra Award. Congratulations, Congratulations. payphone guy. You earned it. (laughs) Now, Grayson, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but steel is an alloy of iron and carbon with trace amounts of other elements. And because of its high tensile strength and low cost, it's a major component 
used in buildings, infrastructure, tools, ships, automobiles, machines, appliances, and head cannon. Head cannon. <laughs> Headcanon is a part of the show where we share with you guys unique ideas and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. I did it without looking at the script. Oh, wow. It's finally baked in there. Big day. That's for that reason alone. Steel will go on our greatest <laughs> hits episode. So watching this movie, um, I really, really liked the villain. The villain did a really great job in the movie. Uh, Nathaniel Burke. Um, yep. Played by Judd Nelson, mm -hmm. and I, I particularly love the scene where he walked up to Shaquille O'Neal's character and he said, "You know, what I got for Christmas this year. It was a banner year at the old Bender family. I got a carton of cigarettes. The old man grabbed me and said, "Hey, smoke up, Johnny." It was a really confusing scene, um, wow. Wow. but it would make sense that um, John Bender would then go and join the military and. Uh, and then take on a new name because he wasn't fan, a fan of the Benders. So he became a Burke, Nathaniel Burke, and then became the greatest adversary to Shaquille O'Neal. Headcanon. Wow. Actually, Ricky, you just inspired headcanon for myself. Because yeah. in that speech, he says there's a banner year, maybe... His father is not a bender. Maybe his father was Bruce Banner. Oh. And the anger issues because he was doing a code green and hulking out. Oh. And that's the Marvel DC crossover that forums Nathaniel Burke. Uh, haven't thought it through anymore because I just thought about it from the thing that you just said. Headcanon. Headcanon. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's. That's solid. I like it. Actually, when the movie ended, I immediately could not remember how Steele defeated Nathaniel Burke. Uh, and I had to rewind the movie and go, go watch the final end again, which is a total opposite from what we talked about in Daredevil last time. About yeah. whenever, whenever Daredevil kicks the legs out from Wilson Fix, like it is over. Fisk is done. Um, very different uh, in this where I just couldn't remember like what happened. That a big like fireball bounced off steel and hit Burke. Um which I thought was just really crazy because my entire life I've been told not to forget about him. For those of you uh, podcast listeners, my fist is just firmly punching the sky. No, 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 don't you. Oh, oh that's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> All right, now we're going to go into the part of the show called Recast and Remake. Oh, wait, I had more. <laughs> oh, you had more. <laughs> Sorry, I know I told you at the beginning I, I didn't have anything, but... Uh, Please. Th things happen. Things happened. Uh, so when I was watching this, I was trying to piece together, like, what were some of the influences of Steel? And I basically wrapped my head around the idea that Steel is like a West Coast Batman. That there's a lot oh. to it. And... Even the first crime that he prevents is he saves a couple that is being mugged while walking home from the theater. Ooh. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Nice juxtaposition. So I started looking at the what other superheroes could maybe like make up the anatomy of steel. And to me, it was 
the stature of Luke Cage with the suit of Iron Man if it were designed by Batman and he had Thor's Swiss Army Hammer uh, plus Captain America's motorcycle and the tech support of Green Arrow. And to me, that is like the anatomy of steel. But I did like the motorcycle scenes because the way that they got him off of the uh, the road was always really clever. I was like... <laughs> And he'd be gone. I'm like, oh, that's pretty sweet. All right. Now we're going to go to the part of the show where we. Oh, like I'm to- sorry. I had a note here that I had more headcan. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm really <laughs> sorry. You're good. Go ahead. So my headcan, because they put such an emphasis on these non-lethal weapons, was that their designs actually influenced the weapons designer from Mystery Men. Uh, and that those Ooh. worlds are actually spun up together. And since he is just like a normal guy that puts metal on his body and then beats people up, he would fit right alongside with that Mystery Men crew. Interesting. I think yeah. that actually really solidifies this movie a little bit more. If you look at it from there, like a, a spinoff of Mystery Men, how, I, oh, that's, that's good. That's how excited real good. would you be to see a movie that had Shaquille O'Neal and Kel Mitchell together again, again I, because of Good Burger. I will be kickstarting that. Uh, you can follow the Kickstarter at uh, Flashback Flicks uh, <laughs> at, on Twitter. Uh, Invisible Steel. <laughs> is that is that it? That's all I got. Oh, Quincy Jones. Okay, yeah, that's all I got. All right, now we're going to go to the part of the show that we like to call Recast and Remake. If this movie were to be remade today, uh, who would you cast and what would the subject matter be? Now, Grayson, I want you and I to say on the count of three with perfect (laughs) synchronization who we think should be cast as Steel. All right. On the count of three, one, two, three. LeBron James. Okay. Okay, I see what you did. I you Um, know what? Yours is better. Let's do that. I was keeping it basketball. You kept it good. (laughs) I think LeBron James would do the same. (laughs) Let me just say it would be more of the same. I think Terry Crews would actually be able to elevate this character in the ways that we've discussed. Absolutely. So I think Terry Crews, firstly, would be amazing. Um, I think uh, because I'm just in love with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, I think that if uh, for the for the role of Sparky, uh, I would absolutely go with Stephanie Beatrice. Mm-hmm. Um, or, oh, you know what? No, I'd go with Santiago. I'd go with Melissa uh, Fumero. Uh, I think that she would be great. Uh and I think that, that would be a great team, but for the Steel character, I think I would just go the more traditional comic book route. Like I think if they were to say, "Hey, after Justice League," or like I mean, we haven't seen Justice League yet, so I don't know what storyline happens with that. But like after some place in the uh, DC expanded universe, I think that Steel would work well in there. Just like, "Hey, these all these superheroes are doing this at the other." Well. I think that means that we can rise up as heroes too. Um, and he can have his engineering background uh, and we can do a lot of the same things, but I think by modernizing it and doing a lot of things that we were saying about like kind of having a, the characters be a little bit more grounded, have their stories be a little bit more compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that would, um, I think that would be a really strong movie that would be good today. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. But the only thing I would keep the same is um, keep Shaft in there just for that line. Hmm. I personally like the Shaft. I don't know if he said it like that. No, he did. Richard Roundtree, everybody. <laughs> Except um, it wouldn't be Richard Roundtree. It would, it would be, be Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. L. Jackson. You're right. <laughs> and that brings Nick Fury into the DC world and then everything explodes. But uh, hey, if we can have a Fox merger that somehow maybe opens the door to having the X-Men meet the Avengers, we're living in exciting times. It's a great time. It's a great time. Um, I also think that it could be a pretty decent... I think this would be a great entry for the um, DC Netflix series. Oh, no. Actually, no. I take that back. Bring it to the CW. Connect it to the CW. Make it steal. <laughs> um, that way, they can have another TV show where they talk about Superman where Superman never shows up. But I think that, that would be really, really cool, especially with how they try to figure out how to use technology because he would just have to be a regular guy um, with whatever suits he has to take down everyone. And, you know, DC could have kind of have their own little... Uh, Iron Man. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. That'd be cool. All right. Now we're going to go into our final segment, which is giving you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, what are the reasons that you would recommend the 1997 movie Steel? So, I'll keep this brief. Um, the reason I would recommend it is because as a fan of comics, I always like to learn about... Uh, superheroes that don't get the limelight a lot of the times. Like, we know the background of Batman, Superman, like, a lot of the prominent Marvel MCU characters, things like that. So whenever you come across a movie that it attempts to unpack a, the origin story of a more obscure superhero, I actually really like that. And it's something I do appreciate more about some of the Marvel Netflix series and some of the uh, CW shows as well, even though The Flash is pretty well known already, and so is Green Arrow. But, like, you start to see more of the like Legends of Tomorrow I think is a great example where you dig deeper on these side characters and that's what this movie does um, I was talking to a friend today that I saw this movie and he was like oh that's so weird I actually just like in the Justice League animated series came across this character in there like three days earlier so he does have a presence in this universe and it, this is just one more way to expand that it's similar to if you play any of like the Lego games that's a great way like the Marvel DC Lego games that's a great way to learn new characters that you may not have been exposed to and then if you're like hey that's kind of a cool design I'd like to know more about them and the different incarnations you can and Steel, I know, got some criticism for like going away from the source material a little bit, but this is one version of that character. And the fact that it got made means that at some point, this was canon for that character. So it is worth checking out if you want to expand your realm of what superheroes are out there. Um, all the other stuff we said, take it or leave it. But at the end of the day, you get to see Shaquille O'Neal in a movie again. And I remember how excited I was when I saw Kazam in theaters. So that ultimately is just fun for the sake of it being fun. But yeah, if you actually want to expand some of your just realm of superhero knowledge, because you've watched the MCU movies multiple times, or you've watched all of the CW shows and... Justice League's not out yet. You can go and see Steel. Totally. 
I the reason why I would recommend Steel is because it's so interesting to see a movie that was uh, really seeking to be like a positive superhero movie um, because uh, the reason why Quincy Jones produced this movie, uh, which by the way, Quincy Jones, uh, you know, c- producer of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, produced this movie um, and is because he felt that there were a lot of superheroes um, out there that were kind of bleak and that a lot of youth didn't have a ton of hope for the future. So they want to make a really positive superhero. Um, and I think that this does deliver on that. I mean, is it campy? Yes. Um, is it a little bit goofy? Yes, but it's also really fun. Um, and I think that you don't see a lot of, uh, a lot of heart, um, in uh, as many superhero movies as you see in this one, like John Henry Irons is just like a really nice guy. Uh, I was liking it to the same way that like Wonder Woman in uh, the 2016 Wonder Woman movie, she had a really great heart and she wanted to do good. And I think that's something that I really love for my heroes. So I would recommend it for that. Um, I'd also recommend it for the potential of the reboot. Like that again, this movie has good bones, just like Shaquille O'Neal. Um, Tall bones, <laughs> strong bones, strong bones. Um, and I think that it could uh, be uh, ripe for a reboot because um, it's been ten years, Grayson. It's been more than ten years. It's been twenty years. It's a tough. Oh, it has been twenty years. Twenty oh years, goodness. Grayson. But to be able to say to a studio, hey. You know, last time they made this movie, sure, they lost $15 million. But, but hear me this out. this time... Hear me out. Terry Crews is very interested. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I'd recommend it for those reasons. It's I, I had a ton of fun. I laughed a lot. And uh, and it's it's a good time. It's like we say. It's it's for the love of movies. And if, if you're looking for a good laugh, a good time, watch Steel. It's fun. Because what other movie... Is going to tell you the advice, eat the hot dog, don't be one. Yeah, that's so true. And what other movie that just when you're optimistic enough to get back on your feet will shake its head? No, 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 no. no, no. See, that's where you lose optimism. That's, that's the real killer. You have to have a heart of steel. No, back in it. Oh, so- <laughs> So that is our review of the 1997 Shaquille O'Neal movie known as Steel. Uh, Let us know what you remember about Steel, if you do remember Steel from your childhood, or anything about Steel. Uh, On Twitter, we are at Flashback Flicks, and it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, the artist formerly known as iTunes. Um, Yeah, leave us a review, and let us know on a scale of one to five Shaquille O'Neal's. <laughs> I think I think it's the same calibration they used when they just turned the gun from like not lethal to lethal. Yeah. Where it's just like a little slider that goes from like green to yellow to red. Yeah. Like, oh you, you miscalibrated it. It had never been tested at that calibration. Like, well, yeah, you shouldn't have made it so easy to like bump the switch up that high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, if we if you want to 
overload the calibration of the rating system. Give us five stars. Yeah, bring those walls down. Yeah. (laughs) And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind.